Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name's Ruth and um, I run our young adults here. So being a young adult, right, I have learnt that there is a common belief about young adults. And I don't know whether it's a myth or whether I'm just the exception to the rule, but I have learned that just because someone is a young adult, therefore the rest of society expects that we are good with technology. I am not good with technology. (laughs) Now, I am, in fact, quite miserable with technology. You can ask the tech team who this morning had to fix my slides because they're incredible because I couldn't even do PowerPoint slides properly. Pastor Ben calls me the most untech-savvy young adult he has ever met. So you can take it on good word that I am not I'm not that great with technology, right? In fact, I've actually, um, I've had a few issues with my computer over the last couple of years, probably three or four years, Um, who's counting? But we, you know, I I will be doing, you know, when I was at uni, I would be doing an assignment and my computer would just be so slow and I would get so frustrated that my computer was running so slow and I had no idea how to fix it. And then, you know, uh, there'd be, you know, my iTunes tells me it's the most recent version of iTunes but my phone tells me that it can't sync with my iTunes because my iTunes is too old. And I don't understand why that's a problem. I can't, you know, get some of the apps that other people have on their computers and I just have, I've just given up. I've become comfortable with the way that it is, right? But I'm sitting upstairs in the offices a couple of weeks ago when Pastor Ben was helping me to prepare for this very message. And um, he looked at my computer screen. He's like, oh my gosh, Ruth, when was the last time you updated your computer? I was like, "Uh, I've had my computer for six years now and I've never updated my computer. He was shocked, he was appalled. You know, the words software and hardware and all those kind of things, I never really worked out what they meant and they don't really mean a lot to me. But what Pastor Ben was telling me was that if I were to update my computer, it should run faster I should be able to update the apps that I can't update. It will, you know, have new capacity and all these new skills that that my computer should have, but I haven't updated it, so I'm not able to do those things. You know, sometimes we actually do this with our lives. We we end up um, settling for less than what God has for us. We end up settling for less than what he has on offer. You know, God wants to give us an update. He wants to give us more. He wants to give us new capacity. He wants to teach us new things, give us new skills. But sometimes what we do is we end up settling for less than what he has for us. Ben spoke the, uh, the other week from Colossians on um, Jesus is enough. And he was explaining some of the context behind Colossians where Paul is writing to the church of Colossae and um, what's been happening is there's been some false teaching and they've been listening to this false information. And in doing that, they were then replacing the false information that they had learned and they were, they were tuning into that and then tuning out of the truth of the information that's of their faith right? You know, in the world today, we've always got information coming in. If we're not, um, you know, if we're not looking at a TV, we're looking at our phone. If we're not looking at a phone, we've got the radio on. If we're not listening, you know, if we don't have the radio on, we've got the music on. We've got reading, whatever it might be, the newspaper. There's always so much information available to us. We have to be so careful that we're paying attention to what we're tuning into and what we're tuning out of. We're going to look at Colossians 3 
um, and we'll read it together. It will come up on the screens. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that, you, that, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and administering one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you um, for the privilege that it is to be here tonight, Father, for the privilege that it is to have relationship with you and to worship you and um, to, to know you, God. Lord, we pray that tonight we will learn more about you. We pray that tonight we will um, learn more of the God that you are and go deeper in relationship with you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We pray that you open our hearts tonight, that you challenge us tonight, Father, and that you open our ears to hear what it is that you want to say, Father. We thank you and we praise you in this place. Amen. Amen. You know, before I knew that I could update my computer, right, I was really just doing the best with whatever I thought was accessible to me. Yeah, like I, I, I didn't know that I could update it. So therefore, how could I have possibly done anything different if I didn't know about it? When we were raised with Christ, it means that he revealed himself to us. When he revealed himself to us, it means that we then have the opportunity to seek the things that are above that Paul talks about. But if someone hadn't been raised with Christ, then that would mean that he hadn't been revealed to them and that they couldn't possibly be expected to be able to seek the things that are above, right? I've, I've kind of had it put this way to me. If, if it, there was a colour that you had never seen before, right, then you couldn't possibly understand what that colour looked like. You couldn't possibly comprehend it because it hadn't been revealed to you, yeah? For someone who wouldn't call themselves a Christian, we can't expect that they would act like we do, that they would think like we would do, that we would, they would do what we do because it hasn't actually been revealed to them. Someone who wouldn't call themselves a Christian is just doing the best with whatever is in front of them and whatever they, they see is accessible to them, yeah. right? 
And can I just say, if this is you here today and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, um, there is a God that loves you and there is a God that wants to know you. There is a God that created you for a purpose and he has his arms stretched out to you, waiting to, waiting to know you and waiting to um, be able to, to teach you things and, and to show you that purpose that he has for your life. There is, there is so much more out there for you. But you would think that, you know, for those of us here who are Christian, you would think that if, you know, if we have the opportunity to seek Christ and to seek the things that are above, that we would take it, right? You would think that if we were Christian, then we'd be focusing on the things that are above. Well, I don't think that um, those who wouldn't call themselves a Christian, I don't think they're the only people that seek the things that are below. You know, I think we can actually be saved and settled, we can be saved and still seek the things that are below. Yeah. You know, I said, you know, it's so much about a relationship with God and like any relationship, really, I mean, we, you spend time with someone, you get to know them more, you, spend, you, know, you, you start to become more like them, you, you get to know what they like, what they don't like. Our relationship with God is no different. The, the more time we spend with him, the more we get to know him, the more we get to, you know, be like him, the more we learn about what he likes and what he doesn't like. But how many of us know that just because we have this opportunity, the opportunity to seek him, the opportunity to seek the things that are above, the opportunity to have relationship with him, doesn't mean we always take it. Just because we have that, it doesn't mean that our choices disappear. You know, these people in this category haven't updated their software. God wants to teach them new things and give them new capacities. We haven't updated the software. It's kind of like choosing a cheeseburger for the soul every day over a salad for the soul, right? Both of them will feed you, but only one will actually nourish you and only one will keep you healthy. And so often we opt for the cheeseburger when really we need the salad, just in case you were confused about which one was which there. But don't get me wrong, I love a cheeseburger, but when it comes to the soul, let's keep it healthy, yeah? <laughs> now, you know, the Colossians, they were, they were settled. As they were seeking these things that, um, that were below, they were drifting away from God. And so, you know, they had become settled in this. They'd become comfortable with this and comfortable with what they knew. You know, Paul talks about things like, um, you know, greed and idolatry and anger and malice, which is harm, you know, causing harm to someone and lying. And it, it's, it's interesting that, you know, as they were doing this, they, it's kind of like they were sacrificing their faith for the way of the world. And even though they lived in a different cultural context, even though they lived in a different time, I find it interesting that many of the things that Paul talked about that were considered worldly in that time are still things that we struggle with today. Yeah, you know, I think we've all missed the mark at some, time, at some point. We've all, you know, how about, have you ever sat down to pray and, you know, you're praying and then um, 10 minutes in you think, like you're thinking about something, but you kind of think back, oh, I was praying. Ten minutes ago, I said, dear God, I think that's where it ended. I, I just got lost somewhere along the way. Or, I mean, if you've never done that, um, how about if you, um, 
you know, there's a TV show that you're watching and you're really enjoying this TV show and you've had a long day, you've been really busy, you're feeling really tired. And so when you get home, you know, you plan to spend time with God, but the TV show, right? You could just sit and watch that and, you know, that's going to be less effort. You know, it feels like so much less effort to watch the TV show than it does to actually spend that time with God. You know, I think we've all done this at times. But when we do this, we block ourselves from moving forward with God. When we choose to focus on things that are below and not to seek Him, we're blocking ourselves from actually moving forward with Him. It's, um, you know, it's interesting that as the Colossians settled that, and they drifted away from God, that they also seemed to drift in their values and these things started to come out. I mean, we may read through like greed, idolatry, anger, and, you know, there may be no one here that has ever, you know, you don't, may not know anyone here that deals with that. You may not know anyone here that's ever got angry. You know, we could just be a room full of perfect Christian people that have never got angry, that have always found it so easy to forgive everyone. No, clearly that's not true. If I was to stand up here and say that I was like that, I would be telling you a lie and I'm not going to do that because I'm told not to do it right here. Alrighty, so, you know, it's, it's okay. We've all missed the mark at times. I've missed the mark at times, but we have a choice. So when we, you know, become distracted, I kind of, I kind of see it like this. We, we are, if you're short-sighted, right? So people who are short-sighted, they need glasses. Vin is telling us he's short-sighted right here. So if you're short-sighted, you can see the things that are right in front of you. Physically, they're, you know, if, you, if you're reading, you're most likely to do it up here. But as soon as that person takes off their glasses, they can't see what's into the distance. They can't, it's, it's hard to focus on what's, you know, in the distance in front of them, right? I think spiritually sometimes we can be short-sighted. We, we, we become so focused and so consumed with what's physically right in front of us that we find it really difficult to look past that into the distance, into God's perspective and what he has for us. And we find it so hard to be able to look beyond. But when you're short-sighted, you put on your glasses right? We need to do the same thing with God. Spiritually, we need to pick up our heavenly glasses and we need to put them on. And the way that we get those is through spending time with God, is through getting to know God, through getting to know what He likes, what He doesn't like, and choosing to focus on Him. You know, I'm not saying that we shouldn't focus on, um, you know, we shouldn't focus on some things of this world. You know, if, if we weren't, you know, work and study and volunteering and all these things, you know, if we weren't to be in those places, how are we expected to show God to the world? How are we expected to take God's love into the world and to see people come to know Him? You know, it, it wouldn't make sense if that were the case. So I'm not saying not to give any attention to those things, but what I am saying is that sometimes we can pursue a good thing and mistake it for pursuing a God thing. We can take something that is good and pursue that over pursuing God. You know, we need to be so careful not to pursue the plan, but to actually pursue God himself because the plan is not God himself, it's an outworking of him. So we pursue God and not the plan focus on God and not the issues and the things that are going on in front of you. Yeah, that's awesome. He comes first every time. Now, you know, it's, it's natural that as we are pursuing God, that we will find some resistance. 
right? It, it's natural. And as humans, we so often, our natural inclination is to take the path of least resistance. It's our, our natural inclination is to take the TV show. But reality is, if you're going up a stream, you're going to have something coming against you, right? But as we get stronger, as we do it more, as we get used to it, we start to go faster and that resistance becomes less. We need to actually, you know, focus and we need to choose to focus on these things even when we don't want to. You know, if, if you're focused on the, if you're short-sighted, right, you don't take off your glasses when things become, you know, harder to see. You put them on. We need to be careful that when we find resistance, we don't, don't take off our glasses, we leave them on and we strengthen the lens. The worse your eyes are, the more you need to strengthen the lens. The worse your short-sightedness is spiritually, the more we need to strengthen the lens. You know, Paul is encouraging the Colossians. He's encouraging them to stop sinning and to take on these new capacities to get the update. And he, you know, someone who's taken um, these opportunities, we would say, I'm going to call them a saved and seeking. He puts it this way to the Ephesians in um, chapter 4, verse 23, which will come on the screen so we can read it together. It says, Assuming that you have heard about him, talking about Jesus, and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to, be, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. You know, when we focus on these things like kindness and humility and forgiveness and love and patience, it has a way of letting us release ourselves from focusing on those things that, you know, anger and unforgiveness and help. And it has a way of releasing us from those things so that we can focus on the things that are above, like the love and the forgiveness. And, you know, I'm not going to stand up here and say it's really easy. You know, you just, just don't, don't be offended. Just Focus on, you know, just focus on forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is just one of these examples. I'm not going to stand up here and, and pretend that that's easy. But the thing is, is we still have a choice. You know, our, our situation may look the same, but we still have a choice. And as we choose to focus on the things that are above, God has this way of moving our hearts, of softening our hearts, and of changing our hearts towards Him. And over time, our hearts start to resemble his instead of our own and our hearts start to resemble the things that are above rather than the things of this earth. And it becomes a whole lot easier to focus on that. You know, the, um, the author of the book, um, it's a commentary on Colossians that I was reading in preparation for this message. His name's Dick Lucas and he puts it this way. He says, the more we set our minds on the things that are above, the firmer the ground beneath our feet. I love the way that he puts this. It kind of makes me think of like a solid bridge. And, you know, one of those bridges you'd walk onto, no second thoughts about it. It's solid, can take cars, buses, anything. You don't think twice, right? And then compared to a swing bridge, you know, those the classic ones that you'll see in a movie in the, in the intense scene and it's missing some wood and the, and the ropes, you know, stringing apart. And, you know, one bridge you stand on and you're secure the other bridge, you're just asking for trouble, yeah. right? You know, it, it's, the funny thing is, is when we stand on it, both bridges, wind is going to come the, our way. You know, no matter what bridge you're on, there's going to be a storm. No matter what bridge you're on, 
you're still, you know, you are still the same person. But the difference is that the foundation you're standing on, one is secure and one is just asking for trouble. In a world that's so full of insecurity, it's so important that we base our foundation on something that is secure. Our God is unfailing. He is always, you know, always gracious. He is always loving. And we have a God that, that doesn't change. And when we base ourselves on that bridge, we not only learn more about who God is, but we learn more about who we are and we can find that security in Him. It doesn't mean, as I said, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that, you know, the storm's going to change. It doesn't mean that our circumstances will necessarily change. But sometimes I think we can be so focused on praying for our circumstances to change, which is a really good thing. Don't get me wrong. We should pray for them to change and we should bring these things to God. And he asks us to do that and he cares. But sometimes when we do this and we become so fixed on it, what we actually need to pray as well is that God would look within us, that we would look within ourselves and ask God to stand by and to strengthen us. We have a God that will always stand by us. You are never alone and he will always stand by and he will always strengthen you. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 17, it says that the Lord stood by me and he strengthened me. You know, sometimes in these situations, while everything seems to be going wrong, what we really need is someone to stand by and to strengthen us. So in our circumstances, what do we choose? Do we choose to look up and focus on the things that are above and allow God to strengthen us? Or do we choose to look below and let the circumstances have the effect that they want to have and drift us away from God? You know, I think we've, it's most likely we've got two types of, you know, two of these groups of people in here. And I really hope that we have people from all three groups. But it's really likely that the true majority, um, you know, the two groups that are the majority here tonight would be saved and seeking and also saved and settled. You know, we, we all have choices and we all have decisions to make. And what you choose to focus on is a big decision. You know, there are small decisions and there are big decisions. And what, like, if I'm going to have, you know, small decisions like, am I going to have avocado and feta with my eggs? What chocolate do I want? You know, what am I going to wear this morning? Those kind of decisions, small decisions, right? I struggle with them, but they're still very small decisions. Now, a decision like, what am I going to do with my time? What am I going to prioritise? Am I going to choose to focus on my situation or am I going to choose to focus on God? That's a big decision because that decision will change your life. There, you know, what you seek will make a difference. My, um, my brother, um, he has an intolerance. And, you know, sometimes it can be so easy to choose the thing that seems more appealing at the time, like the TV show, right? My brother is intolerant to gluten and dairy. And um, he's, I love my brother. He's got blonde hair down to here. He's a classic surfer. He's a surf instructor. He's in Portugal at the moment, living the life, Right? But this intolerance of his, um, you know, there, there are some, you know, most of the time in my house we will have, if there's dessert, there will be an intolerant friendly dessert because <laughs> mum's amazing. Or there will also be the dessert that is not intolerant friendly because let's be honest, there are some things you cannot make without gluten and dairy and it still tastes good. There are some things you can just simply not create and still make them taste good without these things, right? So we can try, but no. Um, so... 
my brother, being intolerant, he, he knows this. He's, he's tasted those things in the past. So every now and then, if there's a dessert there that he wants, he may just sneak just a little bite. But the thing is, you know, he may be really happy with it at the time because it tastes great. But reality is, is that later on, his level of satisfaction at the time compared to his level of regret later when he's dealing with the consequences, the, the regret is much higher than the, the initial satisfaction. And I think it's the same with God. You know, there is a life attached to what we set, to what we set our minds to. And it's, sometimes it's easy to take the more appealing option in the moment. But my fear is that we could wake up one day and be living a life that we never intended to live, that is far from God, simply because we've been pursuing the wrong things all this time. We need to look beyond what's in front of us. We need to look beyond what we've seen in the short-sightedness and put on those glasses and look above and look beyond to find our direction, to find our identity and to find our needs. You know, it, it's, we're kind of like a clock. Uh, setting our minds is like setting a clock, right? We set it, just say you set it at 12 for daylight savings next week, the way you set it, right? It should run accordingly, yeah? So if you set it at one, it should run accordingly from one like a clock should. It's the same with us. There is a life attached to what we set our mind to. If you set an alarm, you're not so surprised when it goes off. We shouldn't be so surprised if we set our lives going in a different direction and one day it goes off and we're wondering why. Yeah. It's like an alarm. We need to be careful what we set our minds on. Yeah. Anyway, there's a, um, a movie that Probably about 99% of you have seen. I'm just taking a guess. Um, but the Pirates, of the, Car- Pirates of the Caribbean. And Captain Jack Sparrow has this compass that looks like that. That is a picture of his compass. And you know, usually compasses, they work north, south, east, west. Yes, I know how a compass should work. No, I don't know how to actually use it. But this compass, it, it, it points in the direction of what he desires. It doesn't use the north, south, east, west thing but it points in the direction of what he desires the most, of what, this, of what this character, Captain Jack Sparrow, what he desires the most. And you know, I think we almost have an internal compass. We have this internal compass that if we seek the things that are below, well, our desires are automatically gonna orientate us in a path that's away from God. But if we seek the things that are above, that, in, that internal compass that we have will realign and reorientate itself with God and the path that He's set before us. Your focus will set your path. So can we here tonight, can we refuse to settle for less than what we're entitled to? Can we refuse to settle for less than what God has for us? You know, sometimes I think it's almost like we're waiting for God to show up and He's actually just waiting for us to wake up. Can we wake up in this place? Can we actually look within ourselves and and challenge ourselves? What are we focusing on? Where is our heart? Because I fear that we will miss the point and that we'll spend our days waiting to be fulfilled when God fulfills and satisfies us every day. You know, this isn't a decision that you make once. Following God, it's it's not like you, you decide one day, I'm gonna be a Christian, awesome and never decide to focus on Him again. We can start off really well sometimes. We can start off with all the right intentions. And I think we do have good intentions. I don't think any of us mean to miss the mark. But, you know, 
I actually used to be really good with computers. I was really good with them. I, when I was younger, if my brother wasn't home, I would be the one fixing the computer. I knew what to do, I knew how to get around it, I knew how to make things work. But as I got older, I stopped paying attention. I stopped giving an interest to it. I stopped learning as things updated. And now I'm terrible, right? It's, it's like this with God. Sometimes we start off really well, but somewhere along the way, we stop paying attention. Somewhere along the way, we stop updating ourselves on, on, on what's going on. Somewhere along the way, we zone out and we, we stop actually um, caring, right? But the thing about God is His offer still stands. It's never too late. It's never too late to focus on God. And when things come against us, we don't decide once, we decide time and time again. When something comes against you, will you choose to look at what's below or will you choose to look what's above? You know, listening to, listening to the things of the world can sound like unsatisfaction. It can sound like unfulfillment. It can sound like disappointment. It can sound like insecurity. But if we can focus and realign ourselves to set our eyes on God, we can find hope, we can find security and we can find a purpose. There is so much more for us. There is so much more. Can I get everyone to stand with me? We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.